Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Hello and welcome back to the Sex Magic Podcast. <laughs> Today you have your host, me, Isabella Frappier. I'm here by myself for a very special solo episode today. And I am so, so excited to talk to you all about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. That is the topic of money magic. I really deeply, burningly, passionately have a fire in my womb space to help folks get paid. <laughs> That's right. I love to talk about all of the taboo topics in the world, particularly sex, as you know, magic and money. So I wanted to combine some of my favorite interests to talk to you today. And hopefully we can destigmatize and start loving talking about money. I'll also let you know that it is a powerfully windy day today here on the ranch in Australia. Very, very windy. So you might hear a little bit of wind related background noise, and I hope that won't bother you too much. Hopefully the topic at hand will be exciting enough. And, you know, that is pure power energy and potential energy of wind. And, of course, wind is ruled by air, as am I. as a little Libra with my Mars Gemini. So hopefully it's all aligned. Now, I want to talk to you about money magic. So before we really do that, we need to really understand what money is. And also why it's so taboo or feels so taboo to talk about. Money is the energy of pure possibility, pure potentiality. It is a sacred nothingness. It's the divine, the divine promise. It's imbued with potential. We imbue it with meaning and significance, and it doesn't actually inherently have those things within it. And you might think to yourself, Bella, that's just not true. Well, it is because a few different reasons that I will now thusly break down for you. One of them is that both historically and still to the modern day, currency is different based on where and who you are. There are cultures that use things like spices and even I'm thinking about in different systems like prisons, they have different types of currency like cigarettes, ramen noodles. In all different social, cultural and geographic settings as well as historic ones, money has had different meanings. If you pass me an American $5 note, bill, whatever that's called, 
or let's just say a hundred. I don't know why, but let's just say that a hundred dollar bill. And you say, this is the value of a hundred dollars. Well, one, I only know what a hundred dollars is through social constructs. It has no inherent meaning in and of itself. For example, you could point to a chair and tell me this is a chair. Say, okay, well, this is the word that you're using for this object. What does this object do? I can sit on it. I can use it in these various ways. Okay, that makes sense to me. But $100 is just the potential of 100 Without being ascribed a value, it has none. And as someone who's currently in Australia, I can also see there's the difference between 100 Okay, you give me 100 American dollars, but how many Australian dollars is that? How many Canadian dollars is that? How many Indonesian rupiah is that? Then we can take that even further and we can ask, is $100 to two people, let's say, that are using the same currency? We'll just stick with US dollars for now. Is that the same value to them? Well, absolutely no, it's not. To one person, $100 could be the difference between them eating or not that week, and it feels deeply valuable. To another person, $100 could be a nice surprise, you know, to find on the street, but it's not really going to make or break their their week. They might go, oh, awesome, I'm going to buy some beautiful fish to eat tonight to cook for my family or I'm going to go get a massage with this $100. To somebody else, they might not even stop to pick that up because $100 to them is not worth picking up because maybe they make $100 every few seconds So, or millions of dollars every few seconds. I don't know. Everyone's different. But there is, I hope you can see here now, that there is no inherent value to money other than what we ascribe it. So when we see it that way, let's break it down even further and notice what is money then? If it's something that only has ascribed value, what is it? Well, in my opinion, money is a representation of not having something of, value to another person to trade in a moment. So for example, if I walk over next door to my neighbor and I say, hey, I noticed that you have a lot of silver beet growing in your garden. Could I have a few bunches? I have a lot of eggs from my chooks right now, my chickens. So maybe we could trade that. And they say, oh, actually we've got heaps of eggs from our chickens right now. But yep, you can have some silver beet. And I can see you've got a you know, peach tree. So when that's ripe, will you give me a dozen? I say, yeah, no problem. And I might even write that down on a piece of paper so I don't forget. Give my neighbor a dozen peaches, right? That little piece of paper is the same thing as money if you take away the idea that it has to be peaches. So you say, okay, well, I'm going to give you a note that says this is good for one trade to the value of 10 tokens, And then what if I could take that piece of paper for trade to the value of 10 tokens and I could take it to a different neighbour or to the grocery store and get a carton of almond milk 
It's something that is used in lieu of having a trade in that moment. It's a token for trade that we are ascribing value to, right? With me so far? Hopefully. (laughs) The other thing that's very interesting is money is might be the same value again let's just stick with $100 for now no let's bump it up let's bump it to $1,000 money might have the same in uh, social value meaning if we both look at $1,000 lay down on a piece of on a table and we both agree that's the same amount of money okay cool so we both agree that's $1,000 because we've counted it we understand the con- social construct of $100 bills and how many we need to be a thousand. But going back to what is money's energy, it's the energy of pure potential, sacred nothingness, and a divine promise. Meaning you can take that $1,000, let's say you take it and you go and you book a 10-pack of massages and they can be used once a week and you really enjoy them and you feel super relaxed after those massages and it brings you so much pleasure and joy to receive. That has deeply enriched your life. It's added value to your life. So you used that trade, you transmuted and transformed it, you alchemized it into relaxation, rest, nourishment, recharging energy in the body. And then let's say someone else can take that same $1,000 and they could spend it on a mini vacation. They could spend it on a used car. Yeah, let's go with used car. So let's say they buy a used car and they've been taking the bus beforehand. So that's really, it's feeling really exciting to them to be able to drive themselves around in that used car. Do you see how that $1,000 had no inherent value. It was a void of energy. There's nothing there. It's a void. There's a space to fill. And it can be filled with whatever you ascribe it. Now, you can also spend that $1,000 to buy food, and then that is direct nourishment to your body. So the energy of potential gets converted into kilojoules, caloric energy in the body, right? So it's transmuted. So now hopefully you're seeing that not only is the energy of money a sacred nothingness, a complete portal and void of potentiality, but the way it is used by you imbues meaning, creates dedicated and not dedicated, but a conscious energy and transforms it to your will, to your desires, to your pleasure. And just to further hammer home <laughs> how not mean I'm I do mean meaningless, but I think it'll be might be misconstrued what I mean when I say that. To further construe how oh to further Mm, Leah cut this part out (laughs) um okay so to further hammer home this idea that 
money is energy and to loosen the mental shackles that we have around money, I want you to think about this. If I decide to Venmo you, dear listener, wherever you are in the world, $10, right? I decide to use Venmo or PayPal or any kind of online bank transfer to send you $10, right? How does that $10 get to you? I'm not putting it in an envelope and mailing it to you. I'm using the internet. I'm using that electronic frequency to upload those numbers and transmit them to you. Now, how do you receive that to your phone? Through internet technology, which presumably you have some access to because you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) So if where you're at in this moment as you're listening to this podcast is a place that you can access internet frequencies, then those frequencies, for better or worse, are swirling and flying around you all the time, perhaps even through your body, which means something very exciting, which is that money through the internet is constantly being transferred and moved around and is whizzing by your head at, and, and maybe even through your body at every given moment in time. That's right. Money is just all around us. If only we could control the internet and reach out and grab it. But even now, like if, it, if you're not driving and it's safe to do, just put your hand into the air. I'm doing it too. Put your hand into the air and just think about all of that beautiful money energy whizzing by, pure potential, yours for the taking. And as I say yours for the taking, it leads me to think about how particularly for people who are women, people socialised to female, for folks that are historically marginalised in any type of way, whether that's through abilities, disabilities, race, gender, absolutely any type of marginalisation, And very much so I can really, of course, only speak to my own personal experience as a queer woman, but we are definitely socialized away from money. It was only very recently that women were even allowed to work and to vote. And for black women, it was even later, even more recently. So we have historically been kept away from money. And then when women were allowed to work, It was through professions that were gendered at the time to be female ones and inherently less valuable. And even to this day, women still make less money than men. Men still make more money than women. And actually, I just read recently, I think it was in the UK, that the gender pay gap has actually increased, which is horrifying news. And if you look at the breakdown of that gap, we can also see that white women are still making more out of that percentage. So even within that collective lack, there's still also scales of even more. So as folks 
that have been kept away historically from money. Most people socialize female are socialized to not really talk about it, certainly not talk about desiring and wanting it. But if we break down money as trade tokens, then we can see that this is something that's actually really important for us to have. And I really deeply believe that money, for money to be most effective, most beneficial for all, it's best for it to flow in the feminine energy. And that doesn't specifically mean that women should have more money than men or anything like that. This is about feminine energy. This isn't about gender. And I've got a great blog on my website if you're curious about the difference between those energies and how it interplays with gender and all of that good stuff. (laughs) But money in its feminine energy is fluid. It's fertile. It's flowing. It's around tending. But money in the masculine wounding, which is the dominant paradigm that we see these days in modern culture, at least the ones I've experienced and am aware of, is the dominant paradigm. And it is around scarcity. It's around intense structure, meaning oppressive nine to five jobs where only a few tiny people, a tiny percentage of people in a company are making the majority of the income, though the majority of the work is done by other people who are making the least amount of money. Also, those structures of those nine to five and and also a lot of those jobs are actually more than nine to five these days. Um, A lot of those are also trading an hour of your time for a certain amount of money, which is a paradigm for work. They are around control and they are they have the energy for me. I call it golem energy because it's like there's just one ring, there's just one coin, no one can have it but me. And the idea that there's not enough room at the table for everybody to be wealthy and abundant. Whereas in a feminine financial structure, we see that there's plenty for everybody, plenty for everybody, more for me isn't less for you, more for you isn't less for me. In fact, one of my favorite expressions certainly applies here, which is how a rising tide lifts all ships. If one person has more money and they're being good stewards of wealth, that's going to be better for me too. Now, we come to the question, do you feel inherently like a good steward of wealth? Most people feel a bit uncomfy and start feeling a bit squirmy when I say things like that. So I'm going to give you my favorite example, my favorite question. Do you personally think that Jeff Bezos is doing a good job with his money? Is he a good steward of wealth? I don't. I think he's a horrifying steward of wealth. I don't think he's taking good care of his people, his community, the planet. I don't think he's doing that at all. And do you think that with his wealth, 
you could do better things? Could you do a bit better than him? Or maybe could you even do incredibly? Would you be able to have the time and energy to research and donate to charities, to fund mutual aids, to help regeneration on the planet? Would being able to take high quality care of yourself increase your ability and desire to take high quality care of your community and the wider community at large, the earth, the planet? I believe that it would. And in fact, I've seen that over and over again in the lives of my clients and students and community members that the more wealth they get individually, the happier and better rested they are and more nourished they are and more inclined to do good and be kind to one another and to take care of the planet. And I deeply, passionately feel that it's vitally important to have good stewards of wealth. And so as you're doing this reprogramming work around money, if you know this is you've picked to listen to this episode because this is probably a topic you're interested in. So if you're reprogramming this yourself, I really recommend using mantras. And affirmations, writing them down on cards, writing your mantras and affirmations down on cards, putting them around your home where you can see. I love putting them, you know, in my bathroom mirror so I read them while I brush my teeth and make eye contact with myself and say things back like, I am a good steward of wealth. I love money because money loves me. I take care of my community. The more money I have, the more kindness I can give, you know. These are just off the top of my head, but take a moment, sit down, you know, maybe even hit pause on this podcast and sit down and free flow, journal out a few things that come to you around affirmations and mantras for money. And there's a lot of scarcity and lack mindset at the moment because this is that masculine wounding around money and a lot of fear Yeah, a lot of fear and a lot of fear around abundance, fear around sharing, like I can't share because then I won't have enough. And I want to touch on the fact that we have, I mentioned it a bit earlier, but we have both individual and collective lack and scarcity paradigms. So for example, a collective lack paradigm is the one I mentioned earlier of women making less than men and then within that lack paradigm that lack circle and vortex then then there's in individual layers percentages i should say percentages of based on race how likely women are to be offered different salaries so there's a breakdown of lack and scarcity within that lack and scarcity model That's an example of individual lack and scarcity within a collective. Actually, that's not an individual. Yeah, that's still like the collective that you experience as an individual. So these are still collective models. I'm free-flowing this, so bear with me. (laughs) And then we have other lack paradigms around race, cultural circumstances 
as well as like familial relationships. Like, did you come up with generational wealth? And from my experience, my lived experience as a white woman, I don't have generational wealth, but as a white woman, I know that I can make, that I am given without the effort more money. Like if I was to work in an office, let's say, I'm more likely to be given more money than any of my co-workers who are women of color. So it's important when you are on the receiving end of one of those, it's not unconscious, but not um, consciously selected, I'll say, abundance streamlines of energy to redistribute that wealth also. And then when you're on the other end of it, to be able to have like a big fuck you to the structure and the system because I'm so tired of hearing people say how you can just manifest your way out of every situation. And yes, manifestation is powerful. And yes, magic is powerful. But magic is also, should be, in my opinion, I'm not trying to be gatekeeper, but I am just feel that it should also be revolutionary and focused around justice and fairness and equality. And you can't think yourself out of every situation. You can't magic yourself out of every situation, especially when there is structural systemic oppressors and lack constructs that are forced upon you. And within that, we can also look at, and I'll speak from my own experience only of someone who has experienced pretty intense poverty in my life, of what tools can I use? What free tools can I use to most likely improve my circumstances? So for me, that's things like getting up early, committing to my magical practices, committing to journaling and stretching and doing manifestation mindset work, feeling abundant and rested and well cared for so that as I'm pursuing money, I'm putting myself in the mindset that is more likely to to succeed. So we have to, we do have to walk this dance in between how much of this can I and can't I control. And I think it's important to acknowledge the systems that are oppressing and controlling our people. It's really, really important to see the power dynamics and privilege within money. And how do we work? How do we work with the system and how do we fuck the system over? eh? So as we're changing our mindset here, what we're really, really doing is committing to feminine finances, committing to calling in abundance, committing to noticing when we're feeling jealousy and scarcity and fear crop up in our energy and then reorienting because that feeling of jealousy is usually the other side of the coin of desire. If that person is doing that and I want to do that too. So flipping that into an abundant feminine mindset, we would also say feminine financial mindset would say, okay, if that, that means it's possible for that person. And if it's possible for that person, it's possible for me. And this is me registering, registering my desire. And now I can take practical and practical magic (laughs) steps in how to move towards that, how to bring more of that into my life, how to step towards that. And we often feel anxious about needing to see the final destination of everything 
Mm. Needing to know the end at the beginning. And that's not necessary. You don't have to know the end. You just need to take the next step that feels pleasurable. If I many years ago had woken up and tried to figure out how to use my gifts and my talents and how to serve my community and how to make money doing it, I certainly would have been, wouldn't have been able to conceptualize my current job now. I just kept following what felt pleasurable to me and really, really listening to the feedback from my community of where I was being most of service and just taking that next right step, the next step that felt right to me. And then when it, sometimes it didn't, feel right once I was there and I pivoted and I went into the next right step. So releasing that masculine wounding energy that we often internalize of, I need to know the destination in order to take those steps. Committing to the void and the mystery of the feminine, taking steps towards pleasure and reframing our individual scarcity and lack mindsets, right? And Presencing that those individual mindsets are usually, usually, but not always, but usually at least influenced by collective ones, by social and cultural conditioning, by our parents' relationships to money, whether that's verbal or more of, you know, that generational wealth I was mentioning earlier. But it is so important that as part of this commitment to calling in abundance and stepping into feminine financial energy that we are very conscious of our thinking and our speaking, our words, because our words are spells. And this is an area that I love because it's the intersection of neuroscience, neurolinguistic programming and magic. Our words are spells. So every time you have one thought followed by a second, those two neurons that fire at the same time wire a little bit more closely together. And the monitor in your brain starts searching for similarities, for things it can attach to. So let's say if one time you see a parent or caregiver check their bank statement and they seem anxious while they're doing it, the brain categorizes, great, I've got that. Bank statement, anxiety, locked in, you you betcha. And then the first time you do it, you think, oh, I'm supposed to feel anxious while I do this, right? And then every time it happens, it just builds and builds and builds to the point that we start resisting and pushing away or checking because we don't want to see what's there. And sometimes these are so ingrained that we don't even consciously realize them. So it's very important to be very mindful of the way you speak and the way you think around money and not just self-criticize, oh, I'm doing it bad, I'm doing it wrong, but to just notice, oh, hey, wow, I just had a thought that doesn't really feel really aligned with my financial values, my desires for how to reframe. So I'm going to make a conscious effort to say some of my affirmations out loud. I'm going to go into the bathroom, I'm going to look in the mirror, maybe I'll even do a tapping pattern, some EFT on it, and I'm going to say my mantra and I'm going to reorient myself back towards remembering that I am inherently a good steward of wealth, that I deserve money, wealth, and abundance. And in fact, that it is very important for me to have money, wealth, and abundance because I need those trade tokens so that I can take high quality care of myself. 
I can take high quality care of my community and I can take high quality care of the world. Because let me tell you, dear listener, the world needs you. The world needs your very specific brand of magic. It needs you in your authentic expression. It needs you nourished. It needs you nurtured. It needs you full up on self-care and tending so that you can help take care of it. This planet and the people on it need you and they need the unique energy that only you can bring. And being nourished, being full with trade tokens so that you can transmute them into the energies you are needing in the moments is key to that. And we always say in the podcast, let's talk about, you know, what is the definition of sex magic? And if it's the ability to shift consciousness at will, we do money magic, money sex magic, by entering into a conscious relationship with money. And I really invite you, if you take nothing else from this episode, to sit down and write a letter to money. Do you have any apologies to make? Do you have any amends to make? Do you need to ask for a fresh start with money? Do you want to write it a love letter? Money, money, money. I have been fearing you. I have been chasing you. I have entered into a toxic relationship with you and I want to date you. I want to see what it feels like to really love you and explore you. I want to magnetize more of you because I deserve it and it will be good for me and for the world such a beautiful practice to really consciously bring our money wounds and our financial desires out of the shadows and into the light and pour your love all over them. Another way I love to connect with money, sex, magic is anytime you're having sex like solo or partnering, to use the pleasure in those moments and transmute it through the body as deservingness. I deserve money. I My pleasure is entangled with how deeply I deserve money. And as if you can have an orgasm, using that as the culmination and feeling that energy explode out into the universe, ripple out into the universe, and then slowly come back to you, recharging you coming back to you threefold or tenfold. Hey, another practical magic practice I love to do for money, sex, magic is writing down times three on any cash I have. And then when I spend it, I say in my mind, a little spell, this comes back to me times three. Another practice that I would recommend is setting up a little altar to money. Or if you have a general altar, you know, adding some gold, some cash, some coins, pearls, like whatever feels financially abundant to you. Hey, why don't you write yourself a check for a million dollars and put it on your altar or by your desk or somewhere where you're going to see, display it somewhere prominent. And remember that this is the promise. This is the void. This is what you're calling in and coming to you. You might want to do some glamour magic and buy yourself a celebratory piece of jewelry that every time you put it on or or clothing, every time you wear it, you feel deserving of abundant wealth. You feel that rich, wealthy energy. 
you might you you know use Lyft or Uber or I don't know some ride sharing service or ask friends to do like a ride sharing train so that you can feel what it would feel like to be so wealthy that you would have a driver right you might listen to a money magic playlist while you write down affirmations you might want to commit to eating really good nourishing healthy foods and drinking lots of fresh water so your brain can function really well and optimally so that you can nourish your ability to see and generate wealth you might want to buy a new wallet so that you have a great place to receive your wealth and hold your wealth as it moves in and out of your energy because that's the other thing about feminine finances they want to move they don't want to be held and claustrophobed <laughs> they don't want to be stifled right it wants to be able to breathe and to move there's so many different and beautiful ways to connect with your money energy through money magic. You can also think about certain financial goals when you have sex and then amplify that out as you have an orgasm if that's comfortable and accessible for you to do. One of the things that I really like recommending is reflecting on when you're doing any activity during the day, reflecting on is this something that people can charge money for? Like washing the dishes? Yes. Taking care of kids? Yes. Folding laundry? Yes. Listening to someone's problems? Yes. And then consciously realize that you are doing work right now for free. And I'm not saying that is good or bad. It's totally neutral. But just noticing that you are doing things that are jobs, that are vehicles for finance and you're doing them for free and hey maybe picking one that you're super passionate about and start charging for it and we do want to be careful that we're not getting into over capitalist culture where we feel like we have to charge for like all our hobbies let's say and make all our hobbies into professions but if you love doing watercolor paintings maybe it's fun to set up an etsy and do some commissions or sell ones that you like doing whatever feels good to you but really starting to consciously engage with money in a beautiful sensual consensual way however it feels to you because whether or not you're being conscious of it I promise you you are in relationship to money you do have some stories, some feelings around money. And again, it is a void you have put your stories onto. Not to say that it's your fault or anything like that, but it is a void energy that we ascribe our stories onto. And yes, they feel so true. I know I've been there and I'm still there. They do feel true. And we can really start to engage with them and rewrite new, fresh stories for ourselves that feel beautiful and abundant and affirm us and help engage with narratives where we really can take care of ourselves because I need you to get lots of those trade tokens so you can take really good care of yourself. Then from that place, 
feeling full, that's going to overflow energetically into a desire to take care of your community. And not only is that going to positively and profoundly ripple out from each person, but then through that overflow, you're then going to really want to make sure you're taking care of the world and the planet and our beautiful mama nature, Gaia. And we need that. We all need that. We need to see each of us shining and thriving and in our abundance and to take back the power of finances from the masculine wounding and start beautifully redistributing that energy into a nourishing place. And I really feel that it needs, each individual needs to be filled up in their fullness first to be able to really take care of themselves for that to flow. Otherwise, it's just flowing from a place of fear, of scarcity, of, oh, if I don't do this, then something bad's going to happen to me, rather than I feel so good and so wonderful and I want to do good and I want to share this and I want to bring this feeling to others also. Because we are in relationship to money all the time. So let's do some sex magic and make that a conscious, beautiful, abundant relationship because you are deserving of divine wealth and you are a wonderful steward of wealth. I believe in you and I trust you and I know you're going to do a great job. Hmm. Well, my dear listeners, that's our time for today. If this is a topic that you feel really passionately about, if you feel lit up by this, I hope that you'll explore it in any way that feels good through your magical practice. And if you would like community support to be held and explore these topics, join us in Eros Workshop Community, my private community where we do a beautiful workshop each month and then we have an integration call later in the month and we work on a different topic every month and we have done a beautiful unit on money magic that you can join in and enjoy on the replay and whatever month and year you happen to be listening to this episode in I bet we're doing a pretty neat topic that month too something juicy and central that hopefully will sing to your heart And I really am just excited to see how your money journey will manifest and actualize. And feel free to hit me up in the DMs and let me know. Enjoy. The Sex Magic Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a collective, a community, a conversation. If what we do here resonates with you, I'd like to invite you to join us on Patreon. But what even is Patreon? It's an online platform where you can directly support artists and creators. In exchange, you receive exclusive benefits. It's a direct form of energetic exchange. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, we have some incredible monthly benefits such as live Q&As where you can ask us questions every month and tune in to get them all answered. We also have an incredible Discord community where you can connect with other people around the world and talk about things within the realm of sexuality and spirituality, along with monthly resources, rituals, tarot insight, and crystal guides to help further your spiritual path. So if you'd like to support us and Show us how much you appreciate the work that we do with the Sex Magic Podcast. I invite you to check out our Patreon. 
We have the link down in the show notes, but you can also go on patreon.com slash sexmagicpodcast. 